Hello, and welcome back to the California Work Comp Report. Today, we're continuing our discussion on rating head injuries in workers' compensation. Today's topics are the AMA Guides Chapter 12 on vision loss, and we're also covering Chapter 13 on memory loss. Dr. John Alchemy will describe the best methods that doctors can use with these injuries with their patients for the best work comp outcome. And we are back, and today we are continuing our series with head injuries and talking about the individual chapters in the AMA guides pertinent to head injuries. Today we're covering Chapter 12, and it's me, Corey, and I'm here with Dr. John Alchemy. How are you, John? Hey, Corey, doing great. Good to be back and talk about some vision loss today. Yep, that's that's what we are covering. So um, without further ado, John, tell us a little bit about vision loss in the AMA guides. So with head injuries, vision loss is a very common complaint, um, whether they have loss of consciousness or not. You usually get a history that they're having a little bit of blurred vision, um, difficulty focusing, some problems with depth perception. They, they tend to kind of be general, nonspecific. Now, I've had head injuries, very severe injuries, where people have fallen from a height of 20 to 30 feet, like off a roof. Um, I've seen vision injuries all the way to one unfortunate guy had his whole optic nerve severed total uh, blind um and varying you know um you know levels in between but most common the you know garden variety head injuries uh bump my head uh blurred vision you know it comes and goes sort of non-specific and um remember when we're doing impairment rating everyone is at mmi so this assumes they've you know had a good fundoscopic exam they've you know probably seen an optometrist or an ophthalmologist They've, you know, uh, been diagnosed as having like no surgical problems in their eyes. Um, more severe head injuries sometimes involve prism glasses where it helps align the eyes so people can focus a little bit more easily. But most of the time, um, you know, there's not much that can be done for these nonspecific complaints and their vision is actually okay. And one of the first things about rating um, vision is that the individual needs to have their vision corrected to the best level when they have it done. So if they wear glasses or, um, you know, any type of prescription glasses, it's best to test them for the visual acuity with the glasses on. Um, right. So that's, that's really important. If you don't have it, um, <clears throat> another trick you can use is uh, the old pinhole exam. And the pinhole exams where you take a business card and you do a push pin through it, like a little tack that you would use on a bulletin board. Like a, like a camera obscura. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they hold it right up to their eyes close as they can and they look through it. What this does is it only allows parallel light rays into their eye. So it, it effectively helps them correct their um, vision on the Snelling chart or the chart with all the different um, alphabet on it from 20 feet. So, um, you know, we do that from time to time. Um, also, that's that's commonly used in the emergency room or urgent care where maybe they don't have their glasses, et cetera, but you want to find their best vision. So um, that's like the next thing. Make sure their vision is corrected as best as possible. And then thirdly, you want to check um, their peripheral vision. So have them look straight ahead, see if they can see, you know, finger waving on the sides, tops and bottoms. Um, that's a little less scientific. And there are more specific tests um, for formal visual field testing, it's called. That has to be done at, a, um, at an ophthalmologist office or an optometrist office where they have these correct um, screens that you look at and they flash lights and you tell them if you can see them or not. But um, those are really the two main things um, for vision testing. You obviously test both eyes. And as I had mentioned under the hearing, that vision is like hearing and that um, the two uh, eyes are averaged. So you have a value 
um, you know, of your bilateral vision, and then you single the vision out to the right and the left side. And there's a formula that converts it to um, visual impairment, and then a table that's used um, to convert it. So, um, so that's kind of the the basics of uh, the vision. So, and, and again, since we're doing head injuries, um, you know, vision injuries are pretty common. I think you're going to yeah. probably see them in about 30 to 40, almost half of uh, complaints of patients. But um, it's a good one to get down there. It's a good one to start. Um, if you have not had the ability to have the patient seen or evaluated for whatever reason with an ophthalmologist, maybe they're not in the network, um, maybe the patient just couldn't get in, whatever, um, you know, you know, so you, you can still do the impairment rating. And I always put a disclaimer in there that, you know, the adjuster, the patient may want to seek, um, you know, a formal um, optometry exam to, you know, clarify their vision and additional treatment. And the future care is, you know, usually pretty basic if they have glasses, maintaining the glasses, prism glasses, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> some people uh, have exposures that, you know, cause their eyes to feel dry and some other things. But for the most part, the, the future care is um, is pretty simple and straightforward. But um, as we're kind of working our way through that, the head injury podcasts, uh, vision is vision is really important. Here's a question. Have you ever seen a case where someone gets a head injury and then their vision gets better? <laughs> I suppose that might be possible. Um, right. but I would say no. I have I no, I, I don't typically see that. Okay, uh, okay. Wondering if uh, maybe there's a case where it, you know, shakes something loose or something like that. But uh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my 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 head's in fantasy land. So but I will say that the visual impairment runs all the way up through classes. We do a lot of classes in the AMA guides. If you go to the page 285, you'll see that the visual acuity is actually goes to five classes with one being um, normal to mild and then um, uh, six, I'm sorry, six classes and the sixth class uh, being very severe. And the thing I wanted to point out is that there's actually 100% impairment available in this uh, body part. So keep that in mind. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. thank you for that, John. And, um, any, any closing words on, on vision loss and head injuries? Well, I would just say that, um, you know, make sure that when you're dealing with people with head injuries, whether they're, you're picking them up at the date they first got injured or they're coming into your practice and maybe the injuries, um, happened a while ago, just be sure that you inventory their vision, um, ask detailed questions, um, make sure, you know, that maybe they had problems um, at the beginning, maybe they're not having any problems now. And then I will point out that if someone had visual changes at the beginning of their case, but no longer complain of them, still do a visual impairment rating. Do not just say, okay, I guess you're fine and not look into it because those types of things always tend to come back and bite you later. Right, right. Yep, we are talking uh, chapter 13, the memory loss as, as it relates to central nervous system impairment. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm ready to learn, John. <laughs> yeah, so chapter 13 um, for uh, memory loss, it's actually the, the, the chart that does uh, quote unquote dementia rating. So I don't think a lot of doctors really think of it or occurs to them to use this for head injuries, but um, far, far and among the most common um, complaint for head injuries is memory loss. Um, it can be very mild that, you know, I just have a hard time remembering things. I'm having some word finding difficulty. I walk into a room and then I'm like, not sure why I'm there. Um, which means that these people have insight into their ability of memory loss, which usually indicates, you know, it's, it's not severe. 
um, all the way up to, you know, more severe uh, word finding, stuttering, speech problems, um, you know, uh, severe memory problems, orientation problems. Um, they, they can't do complex activities like money or pay bills. Um, and again, as I said earlier in the podcast, it, it's not really correlated to the severity of the injury. So you could have a, 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 an appearingly minor head injury, bump my head yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And have these type of symptoms. Um, it doesn't have to be, I was unconscious for 20 minutes in the ER, you know, and then came right. to, or I was in a coma for two weeks. It's not, it, it does not seem to have that type of clear correlation, which always makes it, I think a little vexing and frustrating for doctors to kind of piece it together. But, right. um, be it as it may, we're talking about uh, the the dementia rating part of the AMA guides in chapter 13, the central nervous system. They divide it um, into one, two, three, four, five, six areas of, um, of function. And of that, the, the main thing that sort of anchors the rating um, as it gets divided into classes later on in the process is memory. So they, they have this memory score. It goes from zero... Um, uh, all the way up uh, to 2.0. And, and anyway, what, what happens is you have to place someone, you know, on their uh, memory score situation. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to correct myself up to 3.0 on the memory loss. So it goes a little bit of a memory yeah. problems ourselves My, today. Myself, I, yeah. I understand I wasn't it. scrolling properly, but <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> zero to 3.0. Most people with, with the memory loss that have insight into it are probably going to be 0.5. Um, very few will be up to one, but you might find some in there. Mm. But the, the, the process is a little confusing. If you haven't done ratings there before, you'll need to read it a couple times and look at some examples. But basically, you have to, to anchor someone on, on a number for their memory loss um, on this is zero through three. And then what you do is you, you go through the other um, inventories, orientation, judgment, community affairs, home and hobby activities, and personal care. And then those numbers may or may not be the same as the memory. So for instance, if you say the memory is 0.5, maybe some of your orientation is zero, maybe your judgment problems are one, your community affairs are one, um, you know, home and hobby are one, but they they have, I'm not going to go into the details, but they have this like little formula that if, you know, there's one on one side of your memory loss score and two on the other, then you stay with your memory score. But if you have a bunch that are higher than your initial memory score, then you might move it up and those kinds of things. Right. So, um, so, but, but it's, it's a multi-step process. And then basically what you do is once you have um, your, <coughs> your, your memory score number, uh, validated. Um, like for instance, if you say, okay, the, the 0.5 memory loss, which is, you know, the, the mildest, um, one, uh, was validated. Then you go down to a table, table 13, six, and this is all, um, happening on, uh, pages, uh, 320 and 321. And you go down there and then you find your class, um, based on that, and then you have a range. And as we've talked before in impairment rating, you look through their activities of daily living, try to figure out how much they're struggling. And then you interpolate or figure out what number they are between one and 14 based on their ADLs losses of uh, zero to 34. So it's it's a couple step process. Um, it's much uh, you know, it's, it's much easier after you run it a few times. 
Um, we at RateFast have developed some calculators, so it's you know very streamlined, always you know accurate and consistent. Because there are a lot of places where you can be scratching your head and saying, "Well, I don't know what to do here," and et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know, if if you don't um, you know have a have like a RateFast access um, tool set, you know this rating might take you up to twenty minutes, and um, you know the physical exam and history might take you another twenty minutes. So you're looking at about forty minutes, and then by the time you're writing it up manually. You know, maybe maybe an hour, hour and a half, and um, you know, you know, so it it is a fair amount of cognitive work for the doctor um, mm-hmm. uh, to do it for RateFast. We you know do these multiple times every month, so it's never really an issue for us. Right. But again, you know, the whole point of the podcast is to kind of let you understand there are a lot of moving parts um, when we're doing a dementia memory loss rating, and um, we're just trying to give you a little bit of a flavor here. Now, there are other inventories. And if someone has had a severe injury, they're probably going to be sent off for something called neuropsychiatric testing. And that's usually done by a psychologist who has a special certificate. And the patient goes and they have a battery of tests for a couple hours. And then, um, you know, it all boils down. They have mild loss, moderate loss, severe loss, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's interesting because there really isn't any part in the table that uses um, cognitive loss calculations other than you might use it to help you uh, select, you know, your memory score um, at the very top. But the definitions are pretty clear. And uh, most of the times you can get by without the the formal neuropsychiatric testing. Great. And haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, we will be sure to link to all of the necessary tables and everything in the uh, show description. We'll retroactively go back and add those to the previous episodes so that you can kind of see what we're talking about in the, in the guides here. So um, John, uh, any, any concluding words that you can give us about memory loss today? Well, um, if you remember <laughs> when you're, when you're <laughs> seeing these patients, no pun intended, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that th- this is a, probably one of the more commonly missed impairment ratings, uh, particularly for primary treating doctors. So um, always have it on the top of your list. It should be one of the first questions when you're interviewing patients with head injuries at your first visit. Are you having memory loss problems? And this is also one of those um, examinations in histories where it's helpful to have significant family members there that can say, well, no, she's doing this, or I've noticed this. You know, someone who has a longstanding uh, relationship and baseline of the individual you're trying to do the impairment rating, it's actually very, very helpful to have that other person there to help guide, um, you know, the scoring system and get a better overview about what the memory function is and something else we call neural mapping. And neural mapping is simply the, the process of remembering something of where you are, how to get to a room or, you know, the path to the grocery store, you know, and those kinds of things. But, um, you know, it, it, it takes some practice. Um, like I said, Rate fast. We we do multiples of these every month. Um, never a problem for us. Um, it certainly is something that that a person could do manually by themselves. But it's going to take some time. It's going to take some uh, practice. And um, like I said, that little algorithm where you have to choose what side of the memory score the rest of the findings are um, can be a little confusing. But other than that, it's it's a, a quite a straightforward process. Great. Well, thank you again, John and. We will see you next week for chapter 14. Yes, you will. Thanks for listening. For more information on head injuries and workers' compensation, visit our blog at blog.rate-fast.com. 
If you have a question for us or our show, send us an email at caworkconfreport at rate-fast.com. If you'd like to try RateFast Express Workers' Compensation Report Writing Service, visit us at rate-fast.com.